And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to the Builder We Are Me podcast and as usual I'm delighted to be joined by the one and only Davy Rispin and Davy I suppose one of the things that we can be thankful of is the fact that we got our championships played, we got our football championships played but there's with the new lockdown uh, going into level three and whatever uh, this weekend would have been a big hurling weekend, we would have had the a lot of the hurling championship finals on especially the senior and the minor hurling championship double header in Park Tolchin, but with the way things have gone, they're cancelled indefinitely. We don't know when those games will be played, and it's uh, it's disappointing. But I suppose you know it, the government had to do something, I suppose. Yeah, it, look, it is disappointing because I know the vast majority of um, the senior finals across the country were played. But unfortunately, the likes of ourselves with the hurling, and I think the leash one was another one with hurling that just didn't get played. Um, not much that could be done, particularly in a county where you know where dual and stuff. It wasn't there wasn't a weekend that you could have nearly slipped it in. But um, disappointing. I know there was a lot of underage finals. Our, our own lads were in an under fifteen division two final. It was meant to be Friday night, but obviously that was pulled as well. And it is disappointing for clubs who have put so much into it all year. And now, as you said, that word indefinitely. You know, we don't know when is it going to be played this year, next year. Is it going to be played at all? You know, it's very hard to see it at, the, at this stage. But um, I suppose we're thankful for the fact that we did get the football done and dusted last weekend. And we also have Intercounty to look forward to next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it, look, it, it is disappointing. But I, I, I look, everybody has their own point of view. And um, I suppose if you look at it selfishly, you'd say, yeah, Jesus Christ, why couldn't they let it go ahead and whatever. But like with cases rising all over the country and... It's just a it's just a catch twenty two situation. I think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So like uh, we've seen an awful lot of clusters and cases coming from um, celebrations after county finals and whatever different counties and stuff. So maybe there's something in it, um, and they had to put a stop to it. But it is disappointing. Um, I'm looking thinking back now. You know, a, a week ago. Um, it was obviously Rathoton Kells or Rathoton Scale Column Kill in the uh, senior final and you know how would they have wished that uh, maybe that, that, that those restrictions had come in and they were still in a county final with a chance of winning it I'm not I just I've met so many people during the week Davy, and everybody just feels for, for for Kells it's the worst way to lose a final absolutely the worst way to lose a final but on the Rathout side it's probably the best way to win a final 
Yeah, and I suppose the fact that it is the pinnacle, you know, it's the it's the Keegan Cup, it's the biggest game in in me club football that we have, and it was just an incredible finish to it. And you know, I think the way the way it had gone for Kells, having got the penalty goal, Gail Colm Kill getting the penalty goal towards the end, and then obviously the red card as well. So they had the extra man, they had the three point buffer. But you know, you have to give credit to Ratoat and. We we did say it last week. They're they're champions and they're champions for a reason. And they have that, I suppose, those reserves and those will to win even deep, deep, deep into stoppage time. And I was actually talking to a few people as well, Mickey, and they said that the most impressive thing about Retoat they felt was that they never panicked. Mm. So when they conceded the penalty, they went down the other end, got a free through Briny Mack. But even the goal, you know, how often do you see it from a line ball? The ball's just shoveled in first time. They actually played it short and then kicked the ball in. So it was all very cool, calm and collected. And they never really pressed the panic button whatsoever. And uh, it's just a sign of a class team. Look at your heart to go out to, to Gail Column Gill. There's no doubt about it because of just the, the manner in which they lost it. And I suppose the, the weight that they've had to get to a senior final lap what is it, nearly 30 years now. So they'll yeah. be back. And I know there was a couple of messages up throughout the weekend. I seen one from Bino um, on Twitter as well, thanking the supporters and everything. The last couple of weeks has been very special. Said it's still very raw and everything, but they'll be back next year. And I have no doubt they'll be a tough nut to crack yet again. Yeah, they will indeed. And I suppose like when you, when you consider their record over the last number of years, stream league final wins and fresh cup wins and... I suppose, uh, and then being in the final, having lost so many of the semi-finals, I think we just have to confirm this because I think we, I, I may have, I've got it wrong at one stage. I think they were in three, uh, uh, three of five semi-finals. Actually, this year would have been their fourth out of five semi-finals, would it? Um, I think so. Yeah, and 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 they were beaten by Simonstown in twenty sixteen in the semi-final, who went on to win the championship. Um, they were beaten 18 by uh, Dumboyne, who went on to win the final. Quarterfinal, yeah. Sorry, in a quarterfinal, yeah, after extra time. They were beaten by Rathout last year in the semi-final. um, And then this year, they were beaten by Rathout in the final. So four out of five years, they've been beaten by the winners. You know, like, so it's... um, it's just, uh, yeah, and three of the last four, seven, five semi-finals beaten as well. Like, it's, uh, oh, look, it's just, it's just, uh, I just hope that they can come back from that and come back stronger next year and push on because it must be an awful, uh, uh, you know, take the wind out of your sails when you've pushed so far for so long and for so hard. Um, I just hope that they can come back from it, David. Yeah, and a lot's obviously going to turn to the usual winter speculation about Lara Wall and, when the dust does settle and, you know, I'm sure they'll take a couple of weeks to, to take stock and, and reflect on what had happened. And, you know, the questions are going to be asked again, is, is Lara going to go again for another year? And, you know, are the lads going to stay with him? And, and what, what happens? Because I, I think when you talk to um, the people and, and the players, especially, you know, the, the way they speak about Lara so glowingly, even when you talk to Con, you know, the way he holds him in such high esteem and that, I, I just think he's very important to the overall picture there. Um, yeah. I, I would I would love if he if he did stay to give it another crack, but you'd have to say that it's I think he's five, six years de- definitely now at least five, maybe six at the helm. And the job he's done with them has been absolutely incredible. Like he came in at a time when they really just got up into senior football, you'd have to say. I think they were up about a year, maybe two max. And he's turned them into a team that 
I don't know. People would have never had them, you know, in the shake-up for a Keegan Cup to being, you know, genuine contenders year in, year out. And I think that that itself is a remarkable achievement. And already what you said, Mickey, about winning Fesh Cups. Yeah, I was just going to... Yeah, the was, Championship. Like, they've done so much as well in such a short space of time. I was going to say, like, you know, genuine contenders in all aspects of adult yeah. football in Mead. You know, like, when it comes to Fesh Cup, when it comes to League, when it comes to Championship... You can't rule them out in any of those uh, competitions, which is a credit to them and a credit to Lar and everybody who's worked behind the scenes with that team. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one to take for them. But I'm sure, as you said already, they will come back fighting stronger next year. On this episode of our Builder We Are Mead podcast, we are going to be taking a look at the first round of the Leinster Minor Championship for Dublin. Or Mead will take on Dublin on Saturday at 2pm in Park Tolchin. And we'll also be taking a look at round six of the Allianz National Football League Division 1, where we take on Dublin in Parnell Park on Saturday evening. And, uh, you know, when when did we think we'd be seeing National Football League round six uh, this year? We never thought that was going to happen, Davey. And up until a few days ago, probably um, there was a bit of doubt a couple of days ago that the National Football League would be concluded. Um, but there was an extraordinary uh, uh, general meeting in EGM, I think, in Crow Park, where they made a decision that all games in the league, the National Football League and in the All-Ireland would be played. And uh, that's uh, based on the fact that uh, we don't go into level four or level five of restrictions where where, where the games may be cancelled. We'll also be going to Instagram Interactive, and uh, I'm sure we have plenty uh, uh, from that as always but Davy, I suppose we go to the first round of the Leinster Minor Championship Mead versus Dublin it's in Pagetolchen on Saturday at 2pm and um, obviously we won't have any spectators at this game No I think Mead GA TV are, are going to be streaming this game live so at least people at, at home are going to get a chance to look in on it and it'll be hopefully the start of what could go down as one of the most memorable days maybe in, in our recent history you know it's a big double header against the dubs between minor and senior at different times of the day and it'd be a brilliant um, start I suppose if we could get the result in the minor championship because I know this is a minor uh, squad and group that have been really I, I think held in high regard and high esteem for a number of years now they've been obviously coming up through the ranks at underage and um, you know John McCarthy's there in charge and and they'll be relishing this I know I know from talking to Justin who, who's obviously um, our sponsor from Builder He's a selector with the team. And, you know, he, he was saying that they're a really, really good group and they've had them, you know, for a number of years now. And this is what they've really been targeting. And I suppose going back two or three months, they probably felt that they mightn't get the chance to play the championship, which would have been a shame for the young lads. Um, but we're going to get to see some of that talent, which we've seen in, in the minor championship this year, especially some of those Dunshockland and St. Colm Kills lads in action. Um, and, you know, somebody said to me that, of all the ages and, and levels that Dublin are maybe a little bit vulnerable in, it's it's minor. It's often minor. It seems to be that they can be beaten on any given day by whether it's Mead or Kildare or whoever. It seems to be when they hit 20s and probably then on to senior, obviously, that they turn into this juggernaut. But I, I think the Mead lads will relish the opportunity to play Dublin, albeit, unfortunately, there won't be anyone at it because it would have been a massive occasion and a massive crowd in Park Talton. But yeah, um, I think it's a great opportunity for the Mickey, and uh, fingers crossed they can deliver a big performance. Yeah, you mentioned uh, uh, John McCarthy and uh, uh, Justin McCarthy, also, also Paul Nestor as a selector there on that team. And you know, you said that like three months ago they probably thought that this wasn't going to go ahead. But what I 
absolutely loved what they one of the things that they did that I absolutely loved was when they did get back training after the lockdown, they were bringing the minor training around the county. They weren't doing it in Dungani. They weren't doing it in Waterstown. They weren't doing it in Simonstown. They brought it around all the different corners of Mead. And they were like, oh, our minor training is going to be in Curraha on Tuesday night. On Thursday night, we're going to be training in St. Column Kills. Next week, we're going to be training down in North Ca- or North, North Mead, down around the Cavan border, I was going to say. Um, you know, and they, they brought it like around all these different clubs around Mead, which I just thought was... I just thought that that was brilliant. I just thought it was a fantastic, fantastic initiative. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And like, I suppose that brings in, you know, the the spread of the clubs. And it, we've, we've talked about now for a couple of years that, that our minor and under, under 20 teams have had a massive spread from all over the county. But just to, to build on your point, Mickey, um, what they've also done as well, and it's an unbelievable initiative throughout lockdown, was the management actually went round to the different clubs and did a training session here and there. So let's say... You know, we we contacted them. The manager or the selector, no, Paul Nestor was was all over the place doing trainings. You know, on any given night, going down to the to the under seventeen squads around the county, which is absolutely brilliant because you know you're you're getting the top class coaching from from the minor management coming into your club and working with guys who they work with on a on a daily basis now with the minors and that. And I I just thought that was a class act as well. So um, there, there are guys who. Look, they know the game inside out now. They're, they're very astute and, and very savvy when it comes to tactically and everything like that. But they also have these quirky new ideas as well, which is great to see. And particularly for young players, they, they really embrace that kind of thing, you know, maybe more so than senior players, if that makes sense. Because I suppose young lads these days, you just have to you just have to try and keep mixing things up, you know, because they are a little bit of a different breed to maybe what they were 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah, that, that, that's just brilliant. That, that, that reminds me of a story about Morris Fitzgerald. I don't know if you know this one, where he was at an under-10 game uh, down in Kerry one time, and he was I think he may have had a son playing on the team, and he was managing the team. And there was a player on the other team who was taking freeze. And obviously, he was only te- under-10s, but he was putting the ball on the ground. May have been under-12 or may have been under-14. I may be uh, uh, getting the story a little bit wrong, but never let the truth get in the, good way, get in the way of a good story. Yeah. But uh, he, after the game, he went up to this young fella and, uh, from the opposing team and decided that, you know, he'd go down to, to give him some free kick lessons every week for, for three or four weeks or for whatever length of time it was. Yeah. But just shows you that, you know, what, what Paul Nestor and the lads are doing is they're going around, they're trying to make every club player and every club better. And for one reason only, for the betterment of Mead football and whatever. It was the same with Morris Fitzgerald. I just thought it was a, a brilliant uh, little anecdote that back in yeah. the day, he would travel to a club away from his own son, away from his own team to train this guy because he saw some potential in this young lad and right. that he strike a ball so well. So, yeah, it just that's what we need in, in Mead football. You know, we do. if there is somebody out there with a bit of you know, know-how and knowledge and whatever, instead of just keeping it for your own club or your own players and whatever, being able to spread that around and get get the best out of all our underage footballers. Anyways, that was a sidetrack. Davey, you mentioned, you know, the, the spread of footballers on the team. What I'm going to do is I'm going to name out the squad for the, um, uh, the Mead Minor uh, Championship game against Dublin. Now, there may have been additions to this. There may have been exclusions. We don't know what the actual squad will be on Saturday, but this is the, the, the team that we have or the, the squad that we have. Mark Coffey from Ballinabracky, Alan Bowden from Delique Bellias 10, Aaron Murphy from Dunshockland, Connor Gray from Dunshockland, uh, 
Fursey Blake from Dunshockland, uh, John McDonough also from Dunshockland, Rory Kinsler is also from Dunshockland, so Dunshockland with a great representation there on the squad. Andrew McAweeny uh, from Kilbride, Ben Donnelly from Kilbride, Timmy Farrell from Kilbride, Zach McGovern from Kilbride. That's a hell of a, uh, an offering there from Kilbride and just shows you that there is great work going on there and that in a couple of years' time, they are definitely going to be a team to watch. Keen Gillespie from Kilmain and Wood, Billy Hogan from Longwood, uh, Colm McSheehy from Mead Hill, Keen Lynch from Minalty, Michael Brady from Minalvi, um, Ushin Bright from Nafina, Sean McDonald from Nafina, and Shane Maguire from Navano Matneys, Louis Collins from um, Navano Matneys also. Then we have a few from Rathout, that's Kean Smith, Liam Kelly, Ushin Kelly, and Thomas Corbett, all from Rathout. Then a couple from Centreson, Cahill Darby and Connor McDonald. Um, and then Donald, Common, uh, Donald Commons as well. We have two in from Simonson, Adam Niven and Luke Caffrey. Oshin Kyo from Screen, Godfrey Echachoya, uh, 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 sorry, Jesus Christ, from um, St. Column Kills, Luke Hannon from St. Column Kills, Sean O'Donoghue from St. Column Kills, and Liam Stafford from St. Column Kills, Sean Emmanuel from uh, St. Pat's, Jack Kinlock from uh, St. Peter's Dunboyne, Adam McDonald from Summerhill, Ben Moran from Summerhill, Owen Frayne from Summerhill, and then finally, Kieran Caulfield from Trim. Davey, you know, some some names that will stand out there already, we suppose, from Dunshockton and St. Colm Kills and um, Vertolt as well. But, you know, by the looks of this, they've, they've put together a really strong squad. Yeah, you know, very, very strong squad assembled there. And like just from what I've seen, and I suppose it was involved with our own under-17s this year. So we came up against a, a couple of these lads throughout the championship. And, you know, one player that took my eye was Sean Emmanuel from St. Pat's. We played them. Uh, I thought he was absolutely brilliant in the middle of the field. Um, and the other one that we came up against directly was Mark Coffey and Balnebracki. I thought he was absolutely sensational. Um, but yeah, look at the Dunshockland players. Like Conor Gray was the man the match in the minor final, Mickey. Uh, Fursey Blake was instrumental in that win as well and then you have the St. Column Kills lads who were beaten in this final won the one last year and then Summerhill who obviously were beaten in the final last year against St. Column Kills like Owen Frayne is the captain of this team a younger brother of Connor who is obviously um, doing ever so well now with the Summerhill seniors these days and I know they think an awful lot about him out in Summerhill this guy I think they, they think that the, he's the next big thing for them and you know, he's, he's going to be joining on in the next year or two. Adam McDonald's another one from Summerhill. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I know from the Division 2 final um, for Navin O'Mahony's, I think um, Shane Maguire was absolutely sensational on the night as well. Um, when they beat uh, Castletown, Sidden, um, whose name I can't think of what they're called. Uh, Caleary Emmett, sorry. Caleary Emmett. Yeah, in Division 2. Um, but also, there was a number of other players from Kilbride who made huge strides in that Division 2 championship this year, Mickey. Um, I think they topped the group stages of it, and then they were obviously beaten by a point in the semi-final uh, against Navinomahanis, actually. So, what is it, four or five of representation there? Again, it just shows the incredible work which is going on in Kilbride, um, and, and it, particularly at underage, because it's already starting to bear fruit for them at adult level, but when you see four or five lads representing the county from, from your own club, no matter who and what you are, that's absolutely brilliant. Mm, it, it really is when you consider, you know, what's happening out in Kilbride. It's just fantastic. And then, again, David, there's a nice spread of players 
from all corners of Mead then after that as well. You know, you've got North Mead uh, included in. There's quite a few actually from North Mead, from North Mead, Kilmain and Wood, Longwood, Mead Hill, Minalty, um, uh, all represented on that team as well. And then the centre of Mead, you've got Navin O'Matney, Centralson, Screen, uh, Simonson. So yeah. they've done an awful lot of work. You know, a lot in years gone by, you could see the majority of a team being um, made up from one area, basically. Yeah, and again, I think the management team probably has to take a little bit of credit for that too, because I, I think it's very important that with a management team, you have, a, you have lads from kind of all over the county, if that makes sense, that they would have, yeah. a, a be, maybe someone will have a better knowledge of North Mead football and someone else would have a, you know, a good insight into South Mead football and that. And I think that's very important because... Like, as you see, there is the big clubs, which we all know about in Division 1 and that, but there is some fine players down the Divisions too, like um, Young Shee there in Mead Hill. We played them as well. Thought he was outstanding. So, you know, it's great to see them lads, I suppose, getting recognised. I'm not saying that they were ever overlooked or anything like that, but I think it is maybe a little bit easier when you drop down the Divisions and you some of the more rural clubs, like Balnebracchi, for example, um, we've seen what they've done in minor football this year as well and it's great to see they have representation on the squad too so um, no an awful lot of time and effort and um, watching games and watching probably trainings and trials and everything has gone into picking this squad and I just like I say Mickey I hope they can deliver a big performance next weekend whether that's good enough or not you know we'll see on the day but if they can turn up and, and, and just give, give a good account of themselves I think it'd be brilliant yeah, absolutely fantastic. And 19 clubs represented on that minor squad, which is just phenomenal. It's well over a third of the clubs in Mead um, represented. So um, that is absolutely brilliant. And we wish uh, John McCarthy, um, Justin McCarthy, Paul Nestor, and all of his management team and all of these players the very best of luck on Saturday when they take on Dublin in the Leinster Minor Championship. Park Tolchin at 2pm. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You'll benefit from our years of experience. You'll have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 11270 or email us at info at Builder, your local go-to construction company. So moving on, Davy, and um, round six of the Allianz National Football League sees me taking on Dublin, and what an absolute dead rubber this is! We looked at this game earlier in the league, and we were like, "Going, oh, it'd be magnificent to have four points on the board at that stage <laughs> coming up against Dublin." But unfortunately, as we know. Things haven't gone to plan in the National Football League for Mead. They were very close on a few occasions, very unlucky on two or three occasions as well. And uh, could be sitting here on four or six points even, but unfortunately are sitting on zero points and will be relegated from the National Football League Division 1. So that's why it's a dead rubber. Yeah, from us, but we could be the spoilers, you know, because Dublin are obviously trying to get into contention with the semi-finals and final position. So um, there is a bit of incentive, obviously, from a Dublin point of view too. Have I think is is it going straight to a final this year? Um, was that one of the new rules that they brought in? So um, yeah, no, it, it is, well, definitely the other divisions. Division one, 
I don't know. Was Division One normally do semi-finals? Normally, normally have yeah, normally yeah. have semi-finals, but I think this year it might be going straight to a final. Um, or yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, or it could be a case that there is no finals this year at all, and um, that the top team just wins the league. So, like Dublin have to win their last two games to put, give themselves a, a chance anyway. Yeah, and look, look at as as regards preparation for championship goes, like you couldn't hope for a better game than to play Dublin. You know, in Parnell Park, three or four weeks out from championship. I think it's great, to be honest with you. And um, probably more so now than it would have been maybe back in March when we were actually meant to play them because we were on a bit of a lull after being relegated. And, you know, I don't think the... I'm not going to say the enthusiasm or the, the interest would have been there to play Dublin because that never should be a thing. But I just thought at the time it was probably a bit raw after coming down and, and being confirmed as relegated. Whereas now... We've obviously moved on from we in our heart to hearts. We probably hope that the league mightn't happen, maybe, but but it is. And you know, we have we have games against Dublin and Monaghan to come before obviously the first round of the championship against Wicklow or Wexford. I think two weeks after that. So, you know, we I think we should try and embrace it. And if we could get obviously performance first and foremost, but if we could manage to get a couple of results or a win or you know, being extremely competitive in both of them games, I think it'll only serve us well going into championship because. You know, the, the counties that we're going to be playing immediately, i.e. Wicklow and Wexford, and if we do get through, probably Kildare, they're teams who are playing their trade in lower divisions. So we will actually have the benefit of playing Division One opposition before championship. And not every county will, will be able to say that. They'll have competitive games in that, but you just can't beat playing the top teams. I suppose one of the things about it, like last March, was that, okay, as you said, we were relegated. But there was also this game that was coming up against Dublin, but then there was a huge gap before your championship was yeah. going to take place. So, as you said, enthusiasm uh, would have been low. The fact that you were relegated, morale might have been low. This one here is more a kind of a case of preparation for the championship. So you have to shrug yourself off and say, look, these are actually really good challenge matches in the lead up to our championship. Um, whereas last year, or well, last year, it feels like last year, earlier this year, they would have been complete dead rubbers. But in this scenario, they're your, your perfect preparation for going into championship. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And I think that's a very important point as well, because the league and championship traditionally are very separate competitions in terms of the gaps between it. You nearly have yeah. to go and play two or three challenge matches before a championship. Whereas now you're not going to have that, you know, you're going to play your two league games and then you're nearly going to be straight into championship as well. And something else that when we did finish up initially we had an awful lot of injuries with Mead Mickey you know there was a lot of lads on the treatment table whereas now I think fingers crossed everybody is going to be reporting a clean bill of health and you know we should have a very strong panel to pick from as well which would be brilliant yeah and and then when you look at Dublin I suppose like there is a rumour going around that uh, Mickey Newman uh, has finished with the Mead team, which would be a big disappointment. Uh, we haven't had it confirmed yet, but we have heard rumours of it. But when you look at Dublin as well, like, you know, Jack McCaffrey gone off the, the, the panel, obviously, earlier this year. We knew that. But Dermot, McCon Dermot Connolly uh, announcing his retirement from inter-county football as well. So, you know, and Mead have been... Like, this year in the National Football League, they were very competitive. So there's no reason why they can't go out and be competitive against Dublin. No, no, absolutely not. And like to be honest with you, the vast majority of the Mead players have had a really good club championship as well. Like I don't know too much about you know what sort of stages most of the Dublin players got to obviously by the two in the final, but 
I know from definitely our own side of things, we did an awful lot of guys involved in semi-finals and finals in senior and intermediate football this year. And um, to me, it seemed like the county players just got better as the year went on. You know, we started seeing the best of the players like Shane Walsh and like Banty Connellan in the early stages of the the club championship was absolutely unplayable. I remember I'm playing against Kells beyond the Kilmaine and I think it was the... Unmarkable. Or in Trumcondra. Yeah, unmarkable yeah. in the championship. And um, that's only going to bode well. Thomas O'Reilly, like, you know, he was our PRC player of the week for one of the rounds, you know, absolutely brilliant. And uh, so, look, I, I'd be hoping they'd take their club form in and, uh, you know, it's obviously a short window. And to be honest with you, I think that'll suit a lot of lads and they'll probably look at it and relish the opportunity of playing maybe an eight or 10 week season condensed. Um, it's just something very different to what inter-county players are normally accustomed to, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and as you said, there's, there'll be less of the, I suppose, um, the dogged, training where you're just you know that the, those early months January February March where it's just horrible and you're going out and you're in the muck and the shite and lads are being told to run 20 kilometers in their bare feet and you know with no t-shirt on it freezing cold and stuff like all the things that, re- that, that you have to do to to um to make it count but like I'm I'm just looking forward to this game so much because we'll see where, where the lads are. We, myself and yourself, we went to a Mead Challenge match um, uh, last week where Mead took on Cavan. And, you know, they, they were um, they were up for it, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't go into it in too much detail. But to be honest with you, Mickey, it was great to see. And I love to see that in challenge matches because the, the whole idea of playing challenge matches, particularly against like counties like Cavan, you know, they're to set you up for probably league, but really championship. That's the end goal. And yeah. if they're played at a championship pace with championship intensity and hitting and everything like that, I think that's only going to benefit both counties. But but like from our own point of view, I think it was absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, I think Andy used, what did he use, Mickey? Probably 25 players in total on the night. Yeah, and I'd say it was that. I, it just emphasised, you know, how strong... Uh, I think we're going to be, and obviously we got a glimpse of Keane McBride as well to come on for, I think he came on for 15 minutes, gave a brilliant uh, cameo in, in catching the ball up in the clouds and a fantastic ball with the outside of his right boots. So, sorry, there, sorry there, I'm just looking, I think he's coming down there now with the ball, so he is. <laughs> I'm just looking at the back yeah. window here. He was up in the air that long, so he was. Yeah. It was just incredible, yeah. No, it was, it was a... It was an interesting game. Um, both teams went hammer and thong in it, but both teams had fairly strong teams out. Now, obviously, um, the Rotot players were, were given a sabbatical um, yeah. having been involved in the county final the week beforehand, but it was great to see a couple of them you know, floating about and togged out, but not getting involved with the game. Shows you their commitment. Exactly. And look, at maybe next weekend might just come a little bit too soon for some of them because, you know, they're probably only gone in, I'd imagine, maybe this week or towards the latter stages of last week. So um, whether they start or not, I, I don't think uh, it, it, it essentially it doesn't matter because they'll be given the couple of weeks to probably get themselves right for the morning game. There's probably lads in there have been there for probably the guts of a month now. I think training resumed in the middle of September, wasn't it? So, yeah. you know, there's lads to, who have been out of the championships for a while and they've been in there with Mead, whereas the likes of, you know, the, the couple of lads from Retoat and that, they're only going to be joining the, the party probably you know, and they might have a little bit of catching up to do, but um, great options. And we've seen the versatility in the squad as well in terms of positional changes, like Connor McGill missing, Ronan Ryan went full back, and, and he just gave because we would never nearly see Mead 
you know, lining out without Conor McGill at full back. And yeah. it just shows you have options. And, you know, the likes of Keane coming on in midfield as well, just complementing the likes of Shane McEntee and Brian Manton and Ethan Devine in around the midfield as well. So we have really good options there. Yeah, we really do. And uh, we will be previewing uh, that game between Mead and Dublin that takes place next Saturday in Parnell Park um, on our Loyal Royals podcast. You can get that on uh, we are, uh, sorry on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. And you get all of our podcasts in there. Uh, it's $5 a month and it helps us to be able to, uh, I suppose, uh, pay for the equipment and everything that we uh, do to get these podcasts out to you. And we want to thank all of our and listeners who have subscribed to it, it's absolutely brilliant. And uh, you make it possible for us to do all this uh, extra um, work on me, GA. Um, Davey, I suppose, um, oh, I suppose I'll, I'll give it a, a mention as well. The regional championship. Now, we're, we don't think it's taking place this year. I don't think it is. Um, I, I know that there was a provisional um, part of the calendar set aside for it, but with... Um, COVID and everything, the lockdown and the the new restrictions. I don't think it's going ahead, but we are going to go through all of the teams, um, myself and yourself, on our Patreon podcast, and we are going to pick out what we would think would be the each of those regional teams, um, what their starting fifteen would be over the next couple of weeks on our Patreon podcast, and uh, that's going to take in an awful lot of teams, all intermediate and all junior as well, and I wonder how close we'll be to the starting 15 on each of those teams. Yeah, well, we, we have to do, we have to add a couple of disclaimers when we're, we're, before we go into it. I suppose yeah. one being, lads, obviously, we're not sure who's going to commit and who's going to go and play, obviously, and what approach maybe the managers take. So what I, what we're, me and you are going to be doing, Mickey, is we're probably going to be picking, in our minds, maybe the strongest team. However, that might put in a 35-year-old who maybe wouldn't be in the, you know, because this could be, you wouldn't know, this could be an audition for Mead for maybe the young players coming out of under 21 and that. And if that's the way people are going to go with it, that's fine. But we're just going to pick it how, how we see it, I suppose. And the other one as well, and it's actually the the first team we're actually doing this week is, I think it's Boyne Valley, they're called. It'd be Balnebracchi, Clonard, Longwood and uh, Beliver. And, we we have to remember that Balnebracchi are obviously going to be a senior club next year, so we would we can only imagine that they probably won't be included in this. But they were included in the provisional plan for this year, so we are going to include them in this one. Um, but there is a couple of things, so please don't slate us too much. And again, thanks to everybody for getting in touch on Instagram because we had we put it out there to the to the viewers and the listeners. Uh, during the week, Mickey, for different ideas that they'd yeah. like to see the post going. And this was just one of them. There's one of a few excellent ones that we will definitely be exploring throughout the coming weeks and months. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to everybody who got involved on uh, on Instagram there with Davey and uh, let us know what your thoughts were on, on your ideas. Obviously, we got a few red herrings in there as well, like we always do, Davey. And speaking of red herrings, let's go to inter- Instagram Interactive right now and uh, see what the GA fraternity of mead are talking about this week with we are mead on instagram yeah so we have the usual um the usual crack and batter which we'll come to trim and balnebracchi about in a minute but the first one is a football related one i think from darren hardon who usually has a has a go at danny quinn but he hasn't done so this week he's he's asked is the game getting better or worse with all the new rules year on year yeah, it's a, it's actually a really good question. Um, I, I just wonder why they're bringing in all these rules. You know, like, 
all these different, I suppose, you look at Jimmy McGuinness and speaking of Jimmy McGuinness, he, he, he seems to be over helping out Park Joyce training the yeah. Galway team at the moment or whatever. But like when Jimmy McGuinness came in, he got Donegal playing a certain way. And then all of a sudden we have this thing where managers decided that, do you know what? Yeah, maybe the conventional way of playing 15 players in their positions is not the way to go about it. And now we've got all these managers trying to outthink each other and come up with a new, the new Jimmy McGuinness, Jimmy McGuinness um, defensive setup. You know what I mean? Like, and then you're getting all these different presses and all that. So the GEA kind of looked at it and we're going, do we want our game to go into this thing where there's going to be 14 players defending, one player in the forward line, and it's going to be a case of when you turn the ball over, you kick it up to him. So there's all this. And then I suppose Dublin's dominance as well came into it. And, and, and the GEA seemed to be trying to fix things that maybe don't need to be fixed. I do like the advanced mark. I have to say, I really do like the advanced mark and the defensive mark and the midfield mark as well from a kick-in because a lot of the time when the likes of your Keane McBrides and whatever go up and pluck a ball out of them, like we'll say, for instance, that game we were talking about where Keane McBride last week went up into the sky, caught this ball above everybody. When he came down, he was surrounded by players. So his catch was, was irrelevant at that stage if it was in the old rules. So... Yeah, there's a couple of the rules that are good, but there are some of them that are being brought in for nonsense reasons. Um, and he's right. I think I think we should just leave it now and just play with the rules that we had for a few years and 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 just enjoy it. Yeah, but my take on it is like you don't see it in any other sports. You know, you don't see the the fundamentals being changed every year. And I just see it, and you've seen it as well, I'm sure, Mickey, in, in the club game that. A lot of club players don't know the new rules. Like they, they just now that's probably their own lookout. But you know, you see, let's say you see, for example, a free kick being taken and it kicked into a forward, and he puts the hand up straight away for a mark, which obviously isn't because it's not an open play. Yeah. But to me, it it it's frustrating for managers. It's frustrating for referees, supporters, everyone because you might know the rules, but the next fella doesn't. And to me, th- that's where the confusion comes in, and it's just. It, it just, uh, I don't know, it, it's something. And to be honest with you, there's probably referees out there that don't know the rules either. Yeah, well, like, for problem. instance, another one of the major problems as well with the black card is that there's actually a part of the rule that says it's down to the interpretation of the referee. Yeah. And every referee interpret, interpret it, in, interprets it differently, which is absolutely ridiculous. So unless there's clarity on a rule, it's very, very hard. But yeah, there, with all the rule changes, fellas don't know whether they're coming or going. They don't know their arse from their elbow. And as you said, some of the referees are like that as well. So I, yeah, it, it is frustrating. And, and at this stage, it's just, you know, maybe put a ban on changing rules. And as you said, you don't see it in other sports. You know, um, other sports just get along with it and go ahead with it. And they very, very rarely change a rule. Like, But it seems to be a big thing year on year now at the moment that our game is changing and that rules are being adjusted. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You'll benefit from our years of experience. You'll have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 or email us at info at Builder, your local go-to construction company. Uh, next one is from Jelly, a little bit more lighthearted, as you can imagine. He says, Peter Duffy, not able for the Malibu and Milk Glass Tuesday while on a date. 
Well, see now, come here. You said lighthearted. That's not lighthearted at all. So it's not. That is that is a definite rub against the poor uh, Peter Duffy, and uh, you know, out in the date as well. Last Tuesday, were restrictions not in at that stage? Uh, he didn't say where. I, I right. think you're allowed mix from one other from a different household, aren't you? So in fairness, hey. Pete, I think he's within the guidelines. But no, Peter Duffy. He he often wouldn't stop at one. That's the problem with him, you know. So um, one household, one household, uh, or I don't know either. Uh, Jelly's actually followed up, and he says, "Will Davy take Peter in as an apprentice Malibu and milk drinker?" And yeah, I I would be willing to give him a few hints and tips about it if he wants, um, because he's quite a young fella at this stage, so he's probably still only learning his trade. So. Yeah, I'd, uh, if I were you, I'd be like, no, um, you know, uh, drink responsibly and all that crack. And you don't want to get mixed up with Davy Rispin, so you don't. Um, I've seen him drinking Malibu milk. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a nice sight. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Owen McDonald says, will Brian Queenie give it another year? Well, I, I don't know. Will he, Davy? Will Brian Queenie give it another year? Uh, he didn't play first team football this year with Nafina, and um, to the best of my knowledge, though he did play with the second team. Um, he wouldn't be a spring chicken, to to put it lightly, but he's an excellent club <laughs> man, and he could still do a job, you know, no more so than yourself, Mickey. So uh, I would imagine he probably would because he didn't play all that much football this year. So it can't be that much wear and tear on the body in 2020. Hopefully, yeah, and uh, I suppose. If he's played a bit of B team football, the hardest part of playing B team football is having to train with the senior team and train as hard as the senior team. So it is. So maybe that's the factor. He might go back and play a little bit of summer football next year for the juniors. Yeah. Brendan Byrne says, How would Retoat, Balnabracki, and Beliver have fared in the Leinster Club Championship? Yeah, that's that's a good question because we were talking about that ourselves. And do you know what? I think Retoat would have done quite well. Um, I think Balnebracki, I think actually all three teams um, would have done well. You know, Balnebracki, a full senior club now, Division One um, league, and obviously um, having won the Intermediate Championship. I think the, the weather um, getting into the winter probably would have suited them a little bit because they can, they can, they can be dogged. Um, Beliver, fantastic team, we've said it, and they fancy themselves, no, I don't mean that in a bad way, they fancy themselves as a high-end uh, intermediate team and we all think that they are good enough to be a high-end intermediate team and then Rathote very unlucky last year um, in Leinster Championship I think that year more and with the quality of players that they have and the manner in which they won their, their final would have only given them confidence going into Leinster so I do think and it's purely hypothetical I think that they all would have won Leinster <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I, I think traditionally or well definitely in the last 10 years we've been very strong in junior and intermediate in Leinster yeah. uh, football you know Kurahav had a brilliant run in it uh, Gale we obviously seen last year coming out with junior and doing really well too so I wouldn't have had any, had any issues with Balnebracki and Beliver particularly with Balnebracki sure they would have been playing maybe their neighbours down the road five minutes yeah. either side in Kildare <laughs> or Offaly so it might have suited them probably from a, a home um, game exactly or yeah from a travel <laughs> perspective they wouldn't have had as big a travel to get into Navin but yeah, I think they would have been fine. They would have embraced it, you know, because it probably would have been their first venture into 
um, to Leinster football. You know, what do you think about Rotot though? Do you not think Rotot would have fared well as well? I, the only thing about Rotot I just would would have worried was obviously the hurling would have been you know the the main factor after the final. So yeah, 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 true. The, the week or two after, do you know what I mean? And then if they if they go and win the hurling and they go out and celebrate or whatever, they're probably going to be out in Leinster club football the following weekend. They obviously didn't have that last year. You know, now last year, I think, was all about just winning the championship. And unfortunately, they just made such a slow start against the West Maiden champs that they just left themselves too much to do. I'm, I'm not really sure. I just, I'm a little bit cautious. Whatever it is about senior clubs in Mead, we just haven't seemed to have got that break in Leinster, unfortunately, for all the good teams that have come through and won our, our yeah. championship. Um, maybe Retote could have been that, but I'm just, we're going on kind of blind faith, if that makes sense. I suppose when you look at Leinster, it's teams who are dominating their county over a number of years that usually do well in Leinster because they're well prepped for it and whatever. That's why I think that maybe Rotot would have got over the first block this year and then, you know, would have been in a quarterfinal or a semi-final and, you know, could have got another little win under their belt. Maybe not one of Leinster, but they would have been def- uh, definitely much more um, prepared for it than they were last year. Yeah. Uh, Peter Duffy, the man himself, says any good films? Any good films? Uh, well, it's getting close to Halloween. So, um, you know, you'll get a few good horror shows and a few good uh, quirky ones there. There's, um, there's some good stuff on Netflix, actually, for Halloween films. I know they've added an awful lot in the last few weeks. So if you're a horror fan, there's there's loads there for you. Yeah, I watched one last night, uh, Davey, myself. And uh, yeah, I just... Horror and all that... It just doesn't do it for me at all, so it doesn't. But I watched one anyway, and it was a bit of crack. And yeah, Go ahead. I don't. Go ahead. Do you know what? I don't even remember the name of it. It was made. In <laughs> it was about uh, a zombie apocalypse type thing, and the the Aborigines or uh, sorry, the Aborigines, the Aborigines. I always think of Nobber when I think of the Aborigines. Yeah, <laughs> did you never hear that one before? No, no, no. no. <laughs> That's a native from Nobber. Um, uh, yeah, I, I watched I watched Halloween there last week, uh, the newest one. You know the one that came out three or four years ago. Good watch, yeah. actually. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's it's a little bit more modern than obviously the ones from twenty yeah. or thirty years ago. But from uh, my day, from my day, yeah, I didn't want to say, it, but yeah. <laughs> um, next one is from Keen McFadden, and we've we've already done it. He says meet minors and seniors next weekend, so we have kind of covered that one already. Yeah. Um, Kevin Sword says Danny Quinn. Constantly looking at his interview with Davy Rispin. <laughs> and why wouldn't he? And why wouldn't oh, yeah. he? You know, I, I'm just wondering, is he looking at it to listen to his interview or is he looking at it to watch you, Davy? I, I don't know, but Kevin, actually, I think he's got mixed up because I haven't interviewed Danny Quinn this year, unless it was the oh, one go back to last year, maybe. But <laughs> uh, no. Oh, Not was that he I know inter- of, anyway. Was he interviewed for Me TV? maybe? Yeah, I think he was. Uh, so, yeah, his interview with Kieran Flynn. Yeah. Um, the next one is from Colin McAreevy, and he says, Monaghan to put Mead down. Um, and unfortunately for, for Colin and for Mead, we are yeah, already down. So yeah. the, the worst they could do is beat us, but we're already down. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at Colin. Uh, Colin is a friend of mine, and, and he was texting me there during the week. I'm, I'm surprised that I'm not knowing that. Like, so, so I am. And... Um, what he could have meant was that Mead to put Monaghan down because if Mead beat Monaghan that will more than likely get him right <laughs> maybe that's what he meant yeah <laughs> um, 
Sean Halton says, how the referee won Balnebracki the intermediate final. And this is the start of now a little bit of argy-bargy between the two. You'll see it in the next few, but obviously it's still a little bit bitter in trim. Um, and they're still pointing towards the referee. But look, we spoke about this last weekend, Mickey, didn't we? You know, there's to me, there was a couple of decisions. There's a couple of decisions at every game. There was nothing massive that you just said completely turned or altered the, the shape of the game, to, to the best of my knowledge, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, again, look, we, we've heard it, we've seen it. It happens after every game, especially a tight game, because um, people will look back on a certain decision. And to them, in their head, it's a much bigger decision than it was in the grand scheme of things. But uh, no, uh, I, 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 uh, I, I, and I don't even think that the referee went over to Balnebracki to celebrate with them. <laughs> <laughs> Barney Doyle followed that up by saying the ref last Sunday is a lot to answer for. But then the, the Balnebracki uh, response was emphatic. And the first one came in from Ronan Thompson. And he says, apparently there's still trim lads giving out to the ref in Nav and only a rumour now. <laughs> <laughs> the lights are off and they're still standing, surrounding the referee in Park Dalton. Yeah. Um, I hope they're keeping two metres away from them, though. Um, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the that they have their masks on as well. <laughs> the next one's from Andrew Munley and he says if Trim did more time training and less time bottling finals and blaming referees where would they be? <laughs> so there's a there's an all out war going on over there now so there is. Oh it's it's gone full it's gone full mad yeah and full the last one then from David Finn I think this is the last one on the matter thanks be to God <laughs> he says God almighty I'm going to try I'm going <laughs> to try and not laugh and please don't either because we have to try and stay impartial here he says <laughs> can Trim go on and do the three in a row next year dot 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 three intermediate finals that is <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the silence is deafening um, yeah that's uh, that's salt and I see a big wound and uh, that salt is filling that wound we move on Davy. Yeah, another one, another salty one here a little bit, I think, but it's not to do with Trim or Balnebracki. It's from Jerem Morgan, and he says, Gail Columkill would have won three senior championships by now if they didn't split from the round towers at underage. Uh, that's an interesting one. Um... I, I, I don't know. I don't know, Mickey, because at the end of the day, the Gail Columkill players are still going to be Gail Columkill and the Round Towers lads are still going to be Drumbar and Kilmainham players when they go up to play adult football. So, and like, to be honest with you, uh, Gail Columkill have obviously competed in Division 1 of the minor this year. Now, they, they probably maybe would have been better off in Division 2, but they're still obviously quite high in it. But, um, yeah, is that, that's... Is that is that in reference maybe to Kells Harps or something, that if they all had stayed together, that they'd all be one team and that they'd have won three or four senior championships by now because it wouldn't be St. Column Kills, or sorry, it wouldn't be Gail Column Kill, Drumbarra and uh, Kilmainham. You'd have them all in one team. Is that is that what the reference is to, Kells Harps? Could, could have been, but then like <laughs> you look at what Gail Column Kill have won. You, you know, they've won divisions one, two, three, four. They've won the Fesh Cup. They've won a junior B. Uh, they've won what else have they won um, they've reached a senior final and a number as we said earlier of, of semi-finals as well so I'm not really sure if that could really back that statement up to be honest yeah. with you and yeah. like in my eyes they're three big enough clubs anyway you know Kilmainham and Drobara are two intermediate sides obviously Kilmainham got to semi-final this year and and you know Gail Colm Kill have just gone from strength to strength so 
I, I'm not sure. We, we might get another line on that one, but maybe we haven't heard the last of it. Yeah, fake news. Fake news. That's what we put that one down to. <laughs> uh, the last one, I think, is from Joe McWeenie. And I've done a little bit of homework on this one, Mickey, because it required it. Thankfully, we weren't just getting this on the spot. But, but he wants us to predict a starting mead team for the Dublin game next Saturday. Um, yeah, we might do that on that. Yeah, we, we, we might be doing that on our Patreon uh, Lloyd Royals podcast. If you want to head on over and listen to that, that'll be part of our yeah. um, our preview of the Mead versus Dublin game in Parnell Park next Saturday evening. So, yeah, we, we, we will be trying to look and go on the game that we saw last week and uh, the players that have to come in, we will be trying to pick a team. So, yeah, head on over to our Lloyd Royals podcast for that one. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You'll benefit from our years of experience. You'll have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 or email us at info at Builder, your local go-to construction company. That's all of the Insta. Well, we've only one thing left to do, Davey, um, because normally at this stage, I thank everybody for listening and I, I, I use our closing line. But, uh, but because the National Football League is back up, is there anything you want to promote at the moment, Davey? Yeah, people would have thought they've seen the back of this now for this year because it's, it's been for the National League one, it's been for club championship and now it's back to the National League again and we're still in 2020. People will be saying, Lord Jesus, will this year ever end? But uh, it is GA predictions and we're oh, honouring we're it for people who have probably done, obviously, the first five rounds and maybe they've paid to be in all the rounds and stuff like that. So, you know, it's only fair. Now, we're obviously not pushing this as a hard sell or whatever, but... People can go on and predict the games for next weekend's uh, 200 quid on offer as well for just three quid to play. So gapredictions.com, predict division one, two, three and four. And of course, there is the small matter of the We Are Mead League. It feels like ages ago since we were talking about this, but um, that is still obviously running. So, you know, I need the listeners who are in the league, make sure you get your predictions in. Yeah, forget about the English Premiership. The Premier League is not the league you want to be following. The league you want to be following is the We Are Mead National Football League, GA Predictions League. And uh, speaking of which, Davey, um, I just happen to have one of the forms in front of me. So we're going to go through it live on air um, uh, with our listeners and uh, how it works. So you get your, you go to gapredictions.com and you will see in front of you Division 1, Division 2, Division 3 and Division 4 fixtures. You enter your details, your name, your phone number, your email address and then your payment details down below. So, um, Davey, you're going to start with Division 4 and you're going to get, uh, because we knew you were well ahead of me, but I've closed the gap on you. Actually, I think I went ahead of you. I think I went ahead of you in round five, actually, so I did. So I've given you, you haven't done your predictions yet. You're going to get to see mine. Um, no, I actually, I have done them when we were talking, so I'm good to go whenever. You're good to go. Right, well, we're going to go through Division 4 uh, of the Alliance National Football League and what my predictions will be. And to, just remember, this is absolutely crazy because there, I haven't a clue what way teams are now at this stage. I can't even remember what the, the, the league tables were looking like. Um, so 
Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna have to do them, Davy. Davy, um, uh, again, just if you want to give the 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 plug again for the GA predictions. Yeah, so again, gapredictions.com, bring in, take your pick, uh, three quid, 200 euro on prize money on offer for next weekend's games. And then there is obviously round seven, two weeks after that, fingers crossed, it gets the nod. Um, so we'll start in Division 4. I might give mine first, Mickey, if you're still working away there. Oh, are you are you giving yours as well? Yeah, I have mine done, yeah. Are you have yours done? Well, do you not want to wait until I have uh, mine? Um, because you don't want me to be... To, to be listening to yours and then and then uh, take it yeah, from there. So yeah, look, we'll, whatever, yeah. We'll go down through them. So the first one is Wicklow and Antrim. And um this is a big game. I'm gonna go for an Antrim win here. It's, it's down a big game. It is, it is, it's a big game in the in, in the grand scheme of things. All right. Division four. So it is Antrim are in second in that table and, and Wicklow are in uh, fourth. Um but there's a point separating them. Of course, Mark Gardner from Simonstown is playing for Antrim. So I'm going to stick with the homeboy and uh, put an Antrim win in there. It's in Ockram, but that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I've gone for Wicklow in this one, Mickey. Oh, home you've, gone for home, you've gone for yeah, the home win. Fortress Ockram. Oh, look at you. Now, Waterford and London. Um, that one taking place. I'm going to go for a Waterford win here, so I am. Yeah, home win for me as well. Yeah. Carlo and Sligo. Um, again, I think this is a, this is a big game. I'm going to go for a Sligo win here. I've had Sligo myself, actually. Did you? Yeah, I had Sligo yeah. here. Okay, and then the final one is Limerick against Wexford. It's first against third. Limerick Wexford. Uh, I'm just going, do you know what? I'm going to go for a Limerick win. I've had a draw on this one, Mickey. I just 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 had a draw. On it. Yeah, <laughs> no real just... science behind it, Ran. No real science behind it, but uh, Davy is going to go for a draw. So we're going to go on to, to Division Three now, and uh, it's, this is this is going to be you now one where I think some of us are going to slip up. Tipperary and Offaly, and um, this is not an easy one to to pick. But I, do you know what? I'm going to go for an Offaly win here. Oh, interesting one! Extra point. I, I've gone for a home win here. I've gone for uh, Tipperary. Okay, uh, down and Leitrim. Um, I think I'm going to go for a down win here in this one. Yeah, me too. I think no, down will be too strong in Newry. Leitrim just up, yeah, and especially just promoted last year up to Division 3. It'll be uh, a big ask for them. Uh, Cork versus Loud, and uh, I don't think it's going to take long for me to pick Cork here. Yeah, same as that. I think Louder are in big trouble in this division as well. I think they desperately need points, but Away to Cork is definitely not the one you want to be going into looking for points. Yeah, uh, Derry or Longford. This is not. This is. I'm going to go for a draw here. This one. So I am. Um, Derry are a bit of disarray up there. So they are over the last number of years. Longford, they're a sticky, sticky team. But I suppose if you were playing down in Longford, uh, it'd be an easier one to pick. But I'm going to go for a draw. What have you gone for here, Davy? I've had Derry in this one actually. Um, for Derry. I'm just quite a lot of them. I'm probably just thinking home advantage could be key. Um, despite obviously nobody going to be at the game, <laughs> but you know yourself, um, they know their pitches better than anyone else. So yeah, maybe just. Yeah, it's just you know that even in the recent weeks, there's been a lot of talk in Derry about uh, moving their pitch from out to own bag. You know, selling off uh, Celtic Park, and there's a lot of unease about it. So. I don't know, they just don't seem to be able to get things right in, in, in Derry GAA. The club football and, and club hurling is absolutely magnificent, but nobody seems to want to 
wants to play for the county team. Moving on now, and we're going to go into Division 2. And looking at it, Clare versus Fermanagh. And this is a bottom of the table clash. Uh, will home advantage make a difference here? I, do you know what? That game mightn't even go ahead, but I'm going to go for Clare. Um, big outbreak of COVID in Fermanagh. I exact same. That was the that was the one thing that I went for in this one as well was because I think it's a bit mental in Fermanagh at the minute as well. So I've gone for Clare in this one. Yeah, I think they're always good in their own patch as well in Ennis. Yeah, there was a big outbreak of the Fermanagh team, I believe. So yeah, uh, yeah so uh, if that game goes ahead, which it mightn't at all. Westmead versus Leash. Actually, none of these games might go ahead. Westmead versus Leash. This is an interesting one. They're both on five points, but Mead, Westmead are ahead just by score difference in this one. Um, I don't think either of them well yeah Westmead and Leash are still in the shake up um, I'm going to go for a draw oh interesting yeah I think this one will be tight I've actually gone for an away win here I've gone for Leash uh, to upset Westmead in, in Cusick Park okay okay so home advantage in the crowd is not going to uh, be an advantage is what you're saying <laughs> mm, yeah Kildare and Cavan I'm going to pick uh, Cavan going on what I've seen of them lately um, and that game is on Sunday in Kildare at 2 p.m., I believe, because I'm commentating on it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for a cabin win. I've had Kildare in this one, Mickey. Yeah, you're a dickhead. Sorry. <laughs> and, and two colours now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, I, I, I always backed a uh, core town, so I did. I always backed them. And, uh, you did yeah. this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a few points back at you this year. Um, Armagh or Ross Common? Again, this is a top of the table clash, so this is a huge game because uh, because if Cavan can get the win, the Kildare are sitting, the Kildare are out of this chat, out of this league. They can't do that, so that's an interesting game for Cavan. This is a huge game. Whoever wins, do you know what? I'm going to go for a draw on this. Yeah, I think this game could be anything, and uh, I've gone for Ross Common. For, for two reasons one one being obviously that I think COVID is quite bad in Armagh as well and the other oh, yeah. um, is that I just think Roscommon will be looking for a tilt at the Connacht Championship not that Armagh won't be in Ulster but I think that Roscommon would genuinely feel that they have aspirations and ambitions of maybe winning the Connacht Championship and they'll want to be hitting the ground running um, starting this weekend against Armagh. Big game though and obviously in the athletic grounds in Armagh too so home advantage as we said but I've gone for Roscommon yeah, it's interesting you say that because our man the last couple of years have blooded through a lot yeah. of good young footballers and they will have aspirations of kicking on this year. So they will in Ulster Club or in Ulster Senior Championship. So, um, yeah, it is it is a tough one to call. Um, top of the table clash, maybe a draw suits both of them. Um, so I'm going to go for the draw on that one. Um, then, because I think both of them have beaten Cavan already. Um, so they have so that would uh, mean that they'd have the head-to-head on Cavan okay final one is Division 1 and uh, Galway or Mayo Galway or Mayo and that's top of the table versus second from bottom I'm going to go for a Galway win yeah I am as well I was impressed with Galway in the early parts of the league probably up till they played Mead and Nav and I actually thought that was one that got away from us um, and we were the better side on the day but yeah I just think their positioning and they'll be looking at a, probably a league final um, and Mayo obviously are, are staring down the, the barrel really if they don't get a result in this one. But I just think Galway are slightly ahead of Mayo now in Connacht and uh, this is a good chance for them to lay down a marker before the championship. 
Yeah, and they'll be very, they'll be, they'll, they'll, they'll be defensively very tight as well if Jimmy McGuinness is having to go by uh, him training them this week. So um, that'll be an interesting one to see. Donegal or Tyrone? Now, this is a tasty one, so it is, especially when you're getting ready for Ulster Championship. Donegal or Tyrone? Donegal been in lockdown for three weeks. There's been a lot of cases up there, but this game is in Bally Buffet. They're good in Bally Buffet. I'm going to give Donegal the nod. I was just going to say they're they're extremely strong and their record on their home patch is unparalleled nearly to anything, I think, in the yeah. country. So for that reason as well, I'm going to go for a Donegal win. Excellent, excellent. Dublin versus Mead. This game, obviously, on Saturday evening in Parnell Park, Davey Rispin. Who are you going for? Oh, I'm going first in this one, am I? Yeah, yeah, you are, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, look, at I, I've, I backed, I backed Mead and Carton through thick and thin, so I'm not going to change my opinion now. And you're getting, did you? In it, yeah, an enticing, an enticing five points for a Mead win in this one as well. So, um, I'm going to go for an away win. I think we can upset the odds here, Mickey. Oh, I think we can as well. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go for the draw. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it'd take a lot to to go from you know, losing to them in the Leinster final and whatever to actually beating them. So I think we're going to do it in stages. We're going to get better and better. So this time we're going to get the draw against them. And then when we meet them in the Leinster Championship, we're going to we're going to beat them. So that's the way I'm looking at it. You don't want to beat, you won't beat them twice in the one year, Davy. So we'll draw with them and then we'll beat, beat them. Um, Monaghan or Kerry. And, you know, this game is, uh, it's it's a home game for Monaghan. That could be anywhere. It could be in Clonus. It could be in Castlemaine. It could be um, in Inishkeen. So, um, uh, and still, Kerry travelled up there last year. Mm, mm. This is a tough one to call. Uh, I still, I'm going to give Kerry the nod. So my yeah, I just think they've a couple of couple of familiar faces back as well, and uh, they'll want to kick on now. I think this is this is. I was going to say this is the time of the year when Kerry kick on, but obviously it did normally be done by now. But you know what I mean? Coming into Championship is really when Kerry start hitting the ground. Early stages in the league, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. But I think that uh, they'll be going in all guns blazing here and I'll, I think they'll pick up a win. Yeah, they will indeed. So that's the um, the GA predictions done for Cortown GFC. Um, it's a great little uh, thing to do to get involved. It's only €3 Euro if you're doing it weekly. Um, as Davey said, there's 200 euro in prize money as well. And it's a bit of crack. We do have the We Are Mead League that's in it. And when you sign up, you can uh, go and join that league. Obviously, at this stage, you you probably have a chance of catching Davey. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's usually me have a chance of catching. But look, again, it's a little club fundraiser. And uh, you, you don't have to join the We Are Mead League. And you don't have to do it every single week. So it's uh, it, the winner is announced on a weekly basis on each round so you can go in to round six and pay your three euro and uh, get involved so um, a bit of crack and well done to Cortown GFC for continuing it on Davey anything else to bring to the podcast this week no Mickey I don't think there's no tell you what we might do actually next week if uh, if you fancy we might do, do a bit digging and try and get some information on the mar- managerial merry-go-round which I'm sure is starting to gather pace now at this stage of the year yeah, absolutely. Um, it will uh, obviously with all the championships being over, uh, clubs at this stage will a lot of clubs at this stage will know whether a manager is staying on or not staying on for next year, and then the phone calls start, um, and the coercion and the you know uh, the people trying to pull fellas from here, there, and everywhere in to manage their teams. So that will be starting. 
that's something we'll be continuing on from next week anyway, right through until the league starts anyway again next year. So if there is anything you hear, let us know. Get in contact with the uh, podcast and let us know. And again, if there's anything else you want to bring up on the podcast or if there's anything else you want to say to us, you can always go to uh, Instagram Interactive or get in contact with us uh, straight away on our um, social media pages. We also have the Regional Championship Loyal Royals podcast where we're going to be selecting our 15 from Boyne Valley. They're going to be up first. There's eight teams in the Provincial Championship or the, the um, Regional Championship. And we also will have our Round 6 Alliance National Football League preview where Mead take on Dublin next weekend in Parnell Park. Remember, we are Mead. Why it matters more. 